0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to coffee with Convery. I am your host, Brian Convery, and my guest today is Janelle Suarez, a recent graduate of Humber College's Bachelor of Creative Advertising program. Prior to joining RBC Global Asset Management in 2020, Janelle has demonstrated her passion for student empowerment through her professional roles with Humber and at Edge Leadership, where she's held at least three different positions. An advocate for inclusivity, she actively seeks opportunities to improve accessibility in the spaces she belongs to and participates in. She also finds herself interested in niche hobbies, most recently, building mechanical keyboards, which I'd love to hear more about that. Janelle, welcome to the show.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. And you know, I'd love to speak to mechanical keyboards that might take a little bit longer than than anticipated, but (laughs) it's definitely a rabbit hole that I'm Happy
0: to. explore. Okay, let's let's definitely get into that. So let's, um, let's start with some. I know you and I've had some amazing conversations and have had the opportunity to get to know each other through the edge leadership program through your internships and. And, uh, and all and all the above, but I know for our guests, um, you know, and maybe you'll surprise me here too with some of our rapid fire questions, um, to get to know you a little bit more. So. What is your favorite most used emoji?
1: <laughs> that's uh that's a funny one. I really like the one uh, where it's someone pouting. It's like the the pouting face with the little baby eyes. Um I use that one all the time. I feel like that kind of speaks to me as a person.
0: <laughs> I love it. I I know exactly yeah. the one you mean. Yeah, exactly
1: i'm I'm really glad that they added that to their rotation. I remember thinking like I need something that kind of represents you know this that emotion of of like desperation but also in a in a cute way, yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly what it is.
0: That's awesome. I love that um so food and I know i I know we were just talking about food a little bit before this this conversation started, but if you could eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Oh, that that one's really difficult. <laughs> uh, I feel like my 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 favorite food kind of changes on an ongoing basis, um, but I would have to say probably my mom's sinigang. It's a Filipino dish. Um, it's pretty versatile, so you could have it with different kinds of meat. You could have it with no meat. Um, so I'm going to cheat a little bit and say that, um, just because it is something that you can change up a little bit and it's delicious, so you can't go wrong with it.
0: And can you say it again? What is the name of it? It sounds really yeah. interesting.
1: It's called sumigang. It's kind of like, um, a pork soup, um, it's, it's a tomato based soup, but you could have oh. it with pork. You could have it. Um, completely vegetarian, it's really delicious
0: <laughs> sounds it. I, I haven't had my breakfast this morning. It's so making me hungry, but
1: <laughs> oh, me too. Me neither. <laughs> it's more of a more of a lunch dish. though. it's pretty. That's okay. um, it, these yeah. days I, uh,
0: I think the fridge is opening quite often these days at home. So, unfortunately, I need to just put <laughs> a lock on it. Um, yeah. favorite way to spend a day off.
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I find that these days, um, you know, during COVID, um, I like days where I I don't really do much. Like, I think it's nice just having space to yourself. So, my favorite way to spend a day off, like, as as, um, cliche as it sounds, is really kind of just spending the day in bed, um, catching up on your favorite series on Netflix. Um, for me, it's not so much Netflix as it is like Crunchyroll. <laughs> I'm watching um, some anime these days, so um, that's that's kind of my my nice. dream vacation.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, right? Because sometimes we try to jam through a bunch of things to do in our days off, but sometimes just to be with ourselves is, is actually calming and nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's um, it allows an introspection as well. And when, when you're um, just doing things for yourself and not not um, thinking that you need to be productive or anything like that, I think it's um, a good space to be in once in a while.
0: It is. It, it really is. So along those lines, um, do you hit the snooze button or wake up immediately?
1: Ooh, I definitely wake up, but I don't, I don't necessarily get out of bed immediately and I don't hit the snooze button. Um, I've kind of gotten used to my alarm. So I do let it run a couple of times until it gets like completely unbearable and then I'll get up. (laughs) That's my strategy.
0: (laughs) That's a a good one. That's a good one. Um, This is another interesting last rapid fire question. Um, uh, Favorite word?
1: I don't know if I have a favorite word, um, I would say mom, <laughs> I'm saying it a lot these days and, um, it's just really comforting to me. Uh, I still live with my mom, so it's, it's the best word because I know, like I said, she's there, i have get a response, um, yeah, something comforting.
0: <laughs> so I'm sorry, you said mom?
1: yes mom
0: <laughs> okay yeah sorry it was a little a little difficult to hear you on that one but that's okay i, I did hear i heard mom yes that's 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 awesome um mom is an important word and an person important person um yes. <laughs> so if we think about um your journey and um you know i've i've uh, gotten to know you over the last few years in various points across your your experiences, but could you share um, with the audience and, and some of these folks that are listening today are are considering like going to school in the fall or making that high school to post-secondary experience or maybe getting their first job this summer. And because you've gone through that and now have landed a full-time job, um, could you talk a little bit maybe about your overall transitions, your journey and what you learned along the way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think that my journey is definitely one that's defined by change, <laughs> I changed my mind a lot throughout um, post secondary and even be- beforehand. So, um, I remember in grade 12, um, when I was thinking about what I would do for post secondary, um, I was kind of feeling stuck. Like, I, I felt like I'd applied to, a, um, a few business programs, but, um. That was kind of from a place of not really knowing what to do and hoping that something as fast uh, as business would kind of give me um, that idea of what I would want to do in the future. Um, so I applied to, to a couple and uh, I managed to get into all my programs, but um, I, it didn't feel like it was something I really wanted to spend the next four years of my life doing, especially if I wasn't really that interested in it. Um, so, I, I took a, a leap of faith, not really a leap of faith, but something that I didn't expect myself to do. And um, I ended up applying to Humber for the Creative Advertising Program, and, you know, I think growing up in um, in a pretty traditional family, there's a bit of um, stigma towards going to college versus um, university, so that's kind of where my initial hesitation was. Um, but. I ended up applying just because I I did kind of like the prospects of, you know, a guaranteed co-op term. Um, It was in advertising, which is definitely a bit more narrowed down than overall business and it incorporated um, the creativity aspect that I had really enjoyed during high school. I took a couple of graphic design classes. um, And so I thought that that it would be a good kind of um, combination of my interests and also Still, give me that flexibility of like, well, advertising itself is still a pretty big industry. Like, you could go into many different streams, and I did explore a lot of different streams when I ended up going. Um, so, yeah, I, I ended up um, deciding to to pursue um, that route. And uh, when I first started the program, I remember wanting to be an art director, um, and Again, that was kind of just to fulfill that longing for creativity that I'd been feeling. Um, Eventually I decided I was going to pivot and and explore account management instead, which is all about like managing relationships and and, um, liaising between a client and agency. And then I figured that, you know, that's nice and definitely important to to me um, in a professional role, but it still didn't feel as 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 fulfilling as I um, wanted, and so eventually sure. I landed on um, strategy as not not even limited to advertising, but um, I liked the overall principle of of um, uncovering like why people do things and having that inform your creative decisions, um, your business decisions, um, and overall striving to make an impact for the people that you're building relationships with. And so it kind of incorporates that aspect of account management, I guess, um, where you're building relationships, but instead of between a client and an agency, it's, it's now with your direct consumer. And so um, I thought that um, when I was you know, uh, looking for a co-op in my final year, one um, I knew I wanted it to be a role where um, I could kind of explore that um, strategy discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, I knew that I wanted it to be at a company where I had already like um, felt I was aligned with their values. And so for me, RBC was an obvious um, choice just based on my um, relationship with people at RBC. And that kind of started with, with Edge, um, I believe. And so um, that, that was um, something that uh, the, the fact that RBC was so keen to participate in, in EDGE, which is, you know, based around creating opportunities for marginalized students that they otherwise would have trouble accessing, um, that to me kind of demonstrated RBC's commitment to to youth and their development. And so um, that's kind of why I, I was really interested in RBC as an employer. And then um, the role, which was um, a content marketing co-op um, with RBC GAN, I thought was really interesting um, because what that relationship looks like is, is quite unique um, in terms of their target audience. And so I thought that it would be a great learning experience. Um, those kind, those stars kind of align um, in a way that I didn't expect. And so, yeah, that, that led me to my co-op. Um, It was initially four months and it got extended um, to eight months over the summer where I had uh, finished my degree. And yeah, now, now I'm a full timer at RBC as a um, digital marketing and analytics coordinator.
0: Yeah, you know, wow. And as I'm listening to your, your uh, moves around and different changes and like you said, change um, what's Mm -hmm. inspiring too, is that you have this, uh, almost like an explorer attitude, or like an explorer <laughs> type of, uh, at least from my perspective, you look like you're an explorer type who likes to try to uncover new things about yourself through these opportunities and and not be afraid to try or, or like you said, to pivot to something else, and, and that's been really beneficial, it sounds.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think that discomfort has really been, uh, has played a large role in that. Um, You know, I I, I could do things that I felt comfortable with um, and that would kind of lead to stagnancy. And and, and that's 1 of my biggest fears. Like, I don't want to settle or stagnate. And so I think that this comfort, like for myself, I'm an introvert. So, even like networking was not something I was immediately comfortable with, Um, but. By doing that, I'm able to, you know, actually get a good sense of um, what what the role I'm interested in is actually like on a day-to-day um, and that, you know, could tell me good or bad things, you know, is that something that I want to be involved in? Um, if not, then okay, let's let's learn about something else now. Um, and so, I think that discomfort is really um, necessary in, in trying to um, figure out who you are. And ultimately, I, I think that that leads to, um, growth at a, um, at a faster scale,
0: I guess. Yeah, no, you're, you're right about that. I find my, like, I find when we talked about this topic of discomfort and, you know, and, and, and actually putting yourself into that spot, it, it's always a, it feels like it's a, a way to make yourself grow and also for you to challenge yourself. Um, I know we met through EDGE, uh, leadership, um, and I actually got involved back in, 2017 and have been, obviously, an active and uh, an active uh, ally, supporter, and uh, believe in what you all do. Um, could you talk a little bit about uh, just for a few minutes about the the Edge and leadership and and what that means to you and 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 how that is helping marginalized youth?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so back in 2017, when Edge started, it was initially meant to be um a business conference that um, platforms um marginalized professionals um, so that marginalized students who are seeking um, similar opportunities could now have direct access to those professionals and and um know that there are um, methods in which you can get there um because there there um, are barriers that prevent um marginalized students from from reaching those barriers if we if we think about um, just from the perspective of, of income, um, students who can afford to go to um, business schools, for example, that uh, have more connections, typically the tuition amount is a lot more expensive than um, what it would be if you went to a feeder school or, or something like that. So, uh, like, for example, that that's something that deterred me from going to uh, Ivy at Western. Um, so, I think that... Um, Being able to provide an accessible conference where marginalized students could develop those relationships um, and mitigate that gap was uh, kind of driving what EDGE was about. And over the years, we've since um, kind of grown our overall goal to, um, you know, dismantle barriers uh, in general. So now we're kind of... um, broken down into, into four major streams that target um, different pipelines within the education space. So that would be high school to post-secondary and examining what barriers exist there and, and working to dismantle those. And then the same thing for the post-secondary to workforce um, pipeline. So uh, a lot of the work that we do is investigating where students are having trouble reaching that next that next step in their professional goals. And, and helping them um, to develop the skills and relationships they need to, to get there, um, while also making sure that we are directly targeting those barriers that make it difficult in the first place. Um, so, I mean, for me, my involvement with EDGE um, has been uh, crucial to, to, I think, my, my growth as a person and also professionally. Um, I think that as someone who's, who's experienced those barriers directly, like I mentioned, um, it was important for me to to be part of something where we um, try to make sure that other students don't have to face the same thing. And if they do, that they're receiving the, the support that they need. Um, and so that's been something I, I, I try to um, continue, even in my daily life. Like, I'll, I'll have students reaching out, asking for help. Um, when it comes to navigating post-secondary or navigating, you know, their internship search, um, and even if it's not directly related to Edge, um, I'm more than happy to to provide that for students. And I think that Edge <laughs> made me um, kind of comfortable with that, and and um, really informed how I navigate those conversations. So um, it's been. Really uh, just an amazing experience
0: overall. Yeah, thank you for sharing that and um, and, you know, my experience working with all of you since the beginning. Um, you know, I've seen what you've done, what you impact the conversations you have. The drive, even the the impacts you're making both on students also on the conversations and and things that need to be talked about as far as those barriers and part of the reason for this podcast or the main reason for this podcast was all these stories I've heard from people like yourself and others and having a place where students can hear from other students or to get the inspiration of, you know, going into that discomfort area or what have you. I wonder, um, just to talk a little bit more about this, when you talked about um, some of the questions you received from students, what, what are there a few that stand out in your mind that maybe um you could share with the audience who might be tuning in and and maybe even demystify that question or or share what you've shared with those students on some of those questions
1: yeah for sure um something that comes to mind often is um, or something that comes to mind that, that students ask me often is um you know what can i do to stand out or or um, what should I be doing um, to to uh, differentiate myself from the competition? And this one is an interesting one because um, I mean I could give a list of different things that students can do, but ultimately um, I, I I think that my strategy and my approach isn't to make students do all of this um, without understanding or having any any real reason to do it other than improving their job prospects um and i think that um that's kind of made me want to revisit the conversation about like what personal and professional growth looks like for each and every person so um i'll have students uh for example who are interested in marketing um and they've asked me like you know if they're interested in working at a bank should they also take classes in, in, in finance and, and explore those things. And, and so um, the way that my conversation really breaks down is um, I, I, I don't want you to kind of think about just, oh, what can I do for this one job that I'll have, maybe if it's a co-op for four months of my life um, and then never use again. Like I, I, I want students to, to be able to um, really examine the overall skills that they wanna develop um and see how they can apply those in their professional um experiences and then that will kind of um inform what i what i recommend them to look into so um i i like having the conversation with students where we break down okay well what it is what is it that you actually want to do and what is it that you're actually interested in on a, on a long-term basis and and let's create goals around that rather than um, focusing on the short term. Um, I think that that's kind of um, something that's come up and something that I, I, I'd i want to um, kind of challenge in students is thinking about, you know, there are courses, different courses that you can take and different certifications you can pursue, but ultimately um, you want to You want to explore the ones that matter to you and ones where you feel like you could make, um, an impact rather than doing it for the sake of doing it. Um, I think that being intentional is really, is really what I'm getting at here. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of been how I've, how I've approached that conversation with students.
0: That's some amazing insights for our listeners and, you know, I love where you you're steering the conversation there around you know, what are you passionate about? What are your values? What are your skills? The longer term, not the short-term um, focus. And yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think that's some great insights even for the podcast today. You probably could have a whole discussion just on this alone, but I think uh, those are some great points. And um, for anyone that's listening in, hopefully you, you picked up some ideas there to think differently about how you're pursuing those, those opportunities or how you're actually pursuing defining yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe um, I'll I'll skip to the next question, Um, you know, getting a bit more personal now um, in this part of the show. I always like to have our guests talk about something that, you know, they found challenging or a big challenge in life and maybe still going through it, but, you know, just how did you overcome that and how did you deal with maybe a challenge that you faced um, along the way? Mm, That's a
1: good question. I, I think that um, I would say the biggest challenge would be accessibility, um, and I think that relates to, to, again, why EDGE is so important to me because it really tries to enable accessibility for students. So, for example, whether that's financial accessibility, um, the fact that, you know, Ivy was my dream school at one point um, and I couldn't afford to go um, and, you know, like even applying for loans and things like that um i didn't feel financially secure in doing that but then also the other part of it is um resources to actually help finance that weren't accessible to me i had to do all the research on my own and um i'm sure that there were a lot of things that i missed um and then the other um part of accessibility that i i think um is important is accessibility to mental health resources and, and support in that area um i have some of my own mental health struggles and I found that that's definitely uh, an ongoing challenge for me, um, trying to make it work um, in terms of I have a busy schedule and so how do I make time for for um, treatments, uh, like uh, whether that's therapy or, or regular checkup appointments, um, how do I make time for that? Or, you know, sometimes I'll have in-person appointments but they're so When I moved to Etobicoke, uh, I still have appointments in Brampton and they're an hour and like. That was completely inaccessible for me and and then I had to stop and then. Stop those treatments that I thought, you know, were necessary for me at the time. And so. I think accessibility is a big 1, especially as a student. Uh, you don't exactly have all the time and have all the flexibility and freedom to do exactly what it is that you want to do. And so it, that has been an ongoing challenge. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that I overcome it completely at this point in my life, but um, I think that being able to talk to others who, who share similar experiences or who have kind of just struggled in the same way um, has helped me uh, navigate those those experiences, just because, um, you know, you're able to, to learn what's worked for them, what hasn't. And then also that uh, plays a role in, in, in support in itself. And so even if, um, for example, I'm, I don't have immediate accessibility to um, mental health, um, I may have, like, a, a support group that, that can work in the interim. And so um, I think that connecting with people has has definitely been a really, really important part to um, my personal life. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's something that I hope to continue um, throughout my life, uh, connecting with people, connecting with diverse people, learning about their experiences, um, learning about unique experiences that maybe I'll never um, experience, but it's important for me to, to know um what that looks like because maybe i'm in a position to improve accessibility for someone else um and so yeah that's that's kind of um been my uh philosophy is is um the more people you know and the more diverse your um network is uh the better equipped you are to, to um, manage situations that you're not um really familiar with or, or maybe um can can
0: Struggle to to manage. Yeah, some really key points around accessibility and those connections, right? Um, the opportunity uh, to to do that, and I think even today, I, I share often now with, because I hear the question of, oh, it's so hard to connect virtually and network and talk and find people I can, you know, listen to. Hopefully, this podcast helps and some of that. But I think it's also, um, if you think beyond. virtual i'm sorry beyond the face-to-face actually there's more ways to connect now where people are looking for those connections and are more probably available because they're not running to the go train or different things to have a quick chat Mm -hmm. or or connect right so i think that's one of the lessons i've been thinking about is like this is a time where you can find if you can find the time to make the connections i think you can make them um
1: yeah
0: you know it's just how do you
1: I think that um, the fact that we're all kind of experiencing um, the pandemic in different ways, but obviously it's, it's negatively impacted everyone's lives to some degree, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I think that uh, being able to connect with people on, on that end as well, like just checking in on people and seeing how they're doing. Um, I know these days I, I find that a lot of people um, are really, really receptive to, to um, whenever students reach out to them, just because they definitely understand uh, the unique difficulty for students right now, being able to make those connections. And so um, for any students who are listening, I would say, um, take that leap of faith and, and reach out to someone. I think that people are more than ever willing to, to help out um, because they know what how the environment and landscape has changed. They know that um, students are facing this this new barrier of like developing those relationships and so I think that has made them even more eager to to help out.
0: Absolutely. You know, as you think about your priorities, you talked a little bit about this, but how have your priorities changed over time and, and why?
1: Yeah, I, I think that um, comes back to um, what I mentioned about like um, students and the questions that they've asked me. That's, it's something that i've experienced myself right like i think back in high school um my priorities were definitely more short-term like okay what can i do right now to improve my chances of getting into um the schools that i want and so i would look for short-term solutions like i started a club back in grade 12 um but i think like seeing that the longevity of that didn't really last all that long like the club ended, I I believe, after I graduated, um, I think kind of was uh, um, like, I don't know, like a light bulb um, turned on in my head or something like that. Like, it it showed me that um, doing things for the short term, I mean, it took a lot out of me. And then the impact didn't even um, last much longer after I had left. And so, I think that My priorities have definitely shifted to thinking more about the long term and how can I make lasting impact? Um, How can I, how can I make decisions that do have lasting impact? And so a lot of my um, decisions now uh, are based on that priority of, like, um, thinking about what would be best for my health in the long term. Uh, I could keep myself super busy now trying to, to, um, you know, get as much information as I can. Um, while well, things are online and I have a little bit more time on my hands, but um, I think that would really accelerate my, um, my burnout, right? And I don't think that that's sustainable. And so um, I think a big priority for me is, is finding a balance um, between just thinking about how I manage my personal life and then how I also want to develop my professional life I'm not so much um, consumed by like, oh, what's the very next thing. I'm, um, I guess, like you said, like uh, the explorer type, like I'm, I'm open to yeah. uh, what opportunities come my way. And I find that if I more so focus on my long term growth, that the right opportunities will kind of fall in place um, just by, by nature of how I'm um, exploring my my own personal journey.
0: I really great insights. And when I hear what you said about the priority side, it also brings to mind, um, as you were talking, the idea of, um, I guess I'll word it this way is, there's so much programming, um, I don't want to word this. There's so much programming that happens to us as we think about this journey and, Now that I'm in school, I need to sign up for 20 clubs and now I'm in school. I need to show that I'm and. And it's almost like a false sense of. I don't know it's it, it doesn't define happiness and it doesn't define those impacts. So, again, back to your points of, like, reflect, think what you want to be doing long term. Do you want to be, you know. Involved with you know nine different clubs. Do you want to focus maybe on one thing? Do you right? I think that's part of the struggle is, that to the point of how do I stand out? What do I do for students? It's also about not overextending.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think I think when you find yourself um, committed to to a few um, initiatives that you really believe in, rather than spreading yourself thin across. Um, multiple, multiple initiatives that maybe you have very little interest in. Um, it, 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 you're better able, you're you're able to better speak to it um, when it comes to interviews, um, and your impact shows. Like I, I think um, your involvement uh, does look a lot, a lot more different um, when you're selective and intentional about the things that you participate in. Um, obviously, you, you'll have more time to 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 commit to the things that you really want and um, that shows and results and things that you're directly involved in. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, that's something, um, I hope that um, ed- the education landscape um, kind of starts to consider um, because I, I know that um, yeah, while I say this, um, it is, Difficult for students to, to kind of adopt that um, thinking because ultimately, like when it comes to admissions, university admissions, and recruitment, those are things that they look for um, in terms of, yeah, how involved are you? Um, and so I, I, I think that that plays a, a big role in, again, what students feel the, like. The they ecosystem,
0: through. right? It plays into the ecosystem. Yeah. But I think what you said about selective and intentional are the two things that I hope our audience listens to is that selective and intentional, I think, are what defines that a little bit better and actually hones in on something that maybe is more, is actually easier to talk to an interview as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I noticed we're getting close to the end of um, our conversation and I Just some great insights and ideas shared today. Um, Janelle, I, um, I wonder if there's anything you might want to leave from an advice perspective to the listeners, you know, for those students thinking about going to school or in school and trying to stand out. As you said, um, is there any advice you'd like to leave before. We close out.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, outside of the, the things I've already mentioned, um, a big point that I've um, kind of spoken to is, like, connecting with people, right? And um, speaking as someone, again, who, who's introverted and not really um, predisposed to networking, um, I definitely uh, empathize with, with, listeners who maybe feel intimidated reaching out to um, current industry professionals or even maybe grade 12 students who um, are worried about um, reaching out to program coordinators of, of those programs they're interested in, because they're worried that, you know, they'll be biased, they, they won't give an honest um, opinion on, on whether the program is right for them. Um, and so I, I recommend um, and definitely um, encourage students to reach out to other students. So um, I find that that's a little bit easier. So reaching out to maybe students who are a little bit older than you, um, students, who maybe recent graduates of a program you're interested in, and asking them. I feel like students um, are uh, generally, again, very, very keen and eager to help students who are entering a position that they were once in, um, because they, they. I think that we all have kind of like a wealth of knowledge um, based on our experiences that we can speak to, and and are really hoping to share that um, knowledge with with other students. Like. I love when students ask me like, Oh, what did you learn from your program? And like, was there something you wish you knew before uh, before entering this field? Because, um, yeah, absolutely. There are things that (laughs) I wish I knew and there are things that I wish I did. And um, I would love to tell students that um, before they're at a point where they're asked that same question. So, uh, yeah, I I, um, would leave students with that. Um, Think about. Um, reaching out to, to people who have just been in your, in your shoes um, fairly recently, um, you'll get a really honest um, opinion. And I think that um, once you start there, then you'll kind of be more comfortable and um, feel more uh, empowered to, to then uh, escalate that conversation to someone else, like an industry professional who's been in the industry for a few years um and work your way up you know um it's it's all about um doing things at at the pace that feels right for you
0: yeah i love that it's all about gaining those little nuggets of information along the way and through various contacts i always say mentor is a verb not a noun and you can find so much Mm. um, information that way if you change your mindset but wow what a what an insightful conversation and um i really enjoyed catching up with you today um Thanks so much for being a guest on the show.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having me, Brian. And and thank you to all the students who are listening. Definitely reach out to me if you have any questions um, at all. And um, Brian, you've been an amazing mentor as well um, throughout the year. So thank you for that as
0: well. Thank you. I look forward to our next Coffee Chat, which will be, I'm thinking in person. So that'll be the (laughs) next thing we'll do. (laughs)
1: Yes, fingers crossed.
0: So for the listeners, if you liked what you heard today, please share this podcast with your network and please continue to tune in for more episodes. This has been Coffee with Convery and until next time, please stay well.